This show is brought to you by Nice Mug. Nice Mug is the only mug made entirely out of ice. For more information, go to nicemug.com and enter the coupon code SAUNA for 10% off your entire purchase. Everybody, uh, welcome to another installment of Sauna Talk, uh, the podcast, uh, oftentimes recorded in a sauna, certainly about sauna. Uh, I hope this inspires some of you folks. Uh, and this is a uh, this episode is dedicated to those that are fairly new to the authentic sauna experience, uh, because our guest today uh, is fairly new to sauna. Um, he spent some time in Scandinavia and uh, and. And took saunas there, knew about it, came back to America, Minneapolis, Minnesota, got in touch with uh, with uh, with us, the sauna community in Minneapolis, and um, uh, Justin is his name, Justin Ivadon. He immediately got got uh, connected, like totally connected, and gets it. And uh, so this is a fresh episode. Uh, you know, we don't always have to be like. Uh, 30-year-old sauna enthusiast or my grandfather was born in a sauna you know that kind of thing and 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 this is what's great about this rising sauna tide that's um uh, getting new and new uh you know more and more people uh exposed to the uh to what sauna is and feeling the goodness of sauna so so that's who this is uh dedicated to those fairly new to sauna uh and there's a second dedication and that's those of us that continue to welcome uh, folks new to sauna uh, into our saunas. And um, this is another area of, of great excitement for me personally. I, I, I find that people today, I mean, you could call it like a tipping point, but when I started uh, taking saunas and you know building saunas 25 years ago in Minnesota, uh, people thought I was kind of a freak, you know, that nobody could relate to it. And uh, that's okay. I, I, I don't begrudge anybody you know, it's easy to criticize what you don't understand, and and uh, and that's just the way that was. But you know, today it's a different story, and uh, what you're seeing, I think, those of us that have been in the sauna for a while, you're seeing uh, some great acceptance uh, to what we're doing, uh, and and the goodness that comes from the authentic sauna experience. Uh, people are much more open-minded. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of maybe someone 30 years ago walking down the street with a yoga mat or something and people looking at them like they were kind of weird. But, you know, today we can walk down the street uh, in our bathing suit or troxers and a towel wrapped around our neck and 32-ounce water bottle. And uh, someone says, what are you doing? We say, hey, man, we're going to take a sauna. It's a little different attitude today, you know. So uh, I'm pleased by that, and we're going to do more of that kind of stuff. You know, we're going to be bringing sauna to the public domain of people in public places, uh, you know, Festivals, cross-country ski events, polar plunges, Eau Claire Music Festival. Who knows? I mean, you know, the sky's the limit. And that's the spirit of this sauna talk. I mean, you're going to hear Justin chit-chatting about what he thinks about sauna and where he'd like to bring a mobile sauna. And this is part of the spirit that uh, Sauna Times is all about. Uh, So uh, take that to heart. And I hope you enjoy this episode. If you know anybody that wants to have... Uh, build their own sauna or have an authentic sauna on their property. Um, this is also what Sauna Times is about. 
right on the right-hand side of uh, saunatimes.com, you'll see my ebook. Uh, I love helping people build their own saunas. At any given time, there's like 12 or 15 people I'm in direct dialogue with through email. And I tell you, I don't know about you guys, but when I open up my email inbox and look at all the crap in there, I immediately start, I, I, I look for people writing to me about their sauna build. And I love those emails. Though that fuels my fire to look in my inbox. I love helping people. Uh, as long as it's about a real, true, authentic sauna, I'm a big fan. And uh, we're going to be taking um, uh, donations for sledgehammers. We're going to be uh, donating a, a, a 30 to 40 sledgehammers to anybody owning infrared light bulb closets, uh, because when you when you hit those. Uh, most of them are made in China, and when you hit them a certain way, they they fall like uh, like those Lincoln logs when we were kids. You know, you just got to hit it in the right spot, and it'll they'll fall apart perfectly. And then we can recycle all that wood for when we build our own authentic backyard uh, wood burning saunas. So this is part of the movement. It's called the sledge. It's it's raise raise for raise money for sledgehammer infrared fund and uh, we'll be taking donations for that and uh, put it on YouTube okay so back to some serious chatter uh, and you'll hear it with Justin on the bench I hope you enjoy it and it would please me to great uh, to, to no end if you're listening to this maybe stuck in traffic or you know at the tarmac at O'Hare Airport waiting to get on a plane you know part of the sauna, sauna talk spirit is to uh, close our eyes and imagine we're sitting on the bench together. Uh, you'll hear some water getting tossed on the rocks. You'll hear the, the slap. Uh, I made uh, some fresh vita uh, from the birch tree in my front yard in Minneapolis. Um, I, I hope that's not a distraction. I hope that this episode carries you a little further down the road or helps you get up in the air on your way home as you imagine taking your own sauna with us. So welcome to Justin and Sauna Talk. You got my water? Yeah. Give me. All right, so I put that down low. Okay, we're good. Yeah. All right. Welcome, Justin. Welcome to Thank Sauna you. Talk. So it's a uh, Beautiful day here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm sitting on the bench here with Justin. And Justin, uh, what's your last name? Evadon. Evadon. What what kind of name is that? What ancestry? Um, I believe it's Estonian. Estonian. I don't know exactly the heritage. Somewhere in Eastern Europe. Well, Estonians are into sauna, so I think it's either in your blood or uh, or something. There's some kind of motivation behind that, that's for sure. Uh, how long have you been into sauna? Like, when did you start grooving on sauna? Uh, properly. I'd say only the last couple of years. Um, I've um, I've always had I've always been intrigued by um, getting in and sweating, um, but I haven't really taken it more seriously. I'd say until the last couple <coughs> of years. Um, I spent time in um, I've got family up in Scandinavia and um, have had a chance to go and do some sweating up there. Yeah, you mentioned in Sweden. Yep. Yeah. And, and what family is that? Is that on your um, girlfriend's side? Or? No, my, my brother married a Swedish woman that he met while going to school in London. 
and they live in Stockholm. And then my dad's younger brother also married a Swedish woman yeah. that he met in Portugal like 30 years ago. <coughs> so we've all kind of gravitated back towards Europe, uh, having spent a lot of time there earlier on in life. Um, but I've been, uh, I've always been, I've, I've gone to steam rooms when I was in college and I've noticed the health benefits in terms of my breathing, especially when I had a cold, um, there was something really great about getting in and breathing in that hot air and sweating some of that stuff out. And where'd you go to college? I went here to the University of Minnesota. Right on. And where would you sauna in college, Justin? Just at the rec center. Yeah. That's a pretty good sauna over there, I hear. Yeah, I haven't been to the new one yet because they rebuilt their whole rec center. Uh, they did a huge expansion and upgraded it like crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, have you heard about the Sauna Times University of Minnesota Scholarship Program? I have not. Any uh, Anyone listening here who has a student at the University of Minnesota, uh, shoot me an email, saunatimes at gmail.com. And we will contribute $10 toward your son's college education, which he can use to offset um, to go and partake in the sauna at the University of Minnesota in the rec center. Nice. So that's uh, a very humble contribution from me, a Sauna Times founder. But uh, uh, my wife is a uh, graduate of the University of Minnesota. Uh, our oldest son is a junior at the University of Minnesota, and we are big fans of the U of M and Golden Gopher and uh, health and wellness in, uh, in an authentic sound. Yeah, and they, so that's they our do scholarship. A, just, they do a pretty good job uh, at the U with their health and wellness program. I actually, right out of my undergraduate program, I, um, I worked for the rec center for a year nice. as um, one of their uh, senior tech engineers, um, handling a lot of their, um, their network administration and all of their tech needs. Um, so I got to know a lot of the people there pretty well. Um, and uh, they actually do an incredible job of um, taking some of the, the data and showing a correlation between, um, between uh, exercise, health and wellness, and academic achievement, and uh, making a stronger case, I would say, for um, getting people into the gym uh, in whatever form that might be. And that's one of the great things about the rec program at the U is that there are so many options when you get in the door there. Um, anything from your standard lifting or uh, running to uh, one of the country's leading outdoor adventure programs. Wow. So. And I didn't know that. <clears throat> Would you say, knowing what you know from that experience, that the University of Minnesota may rank a little higher in terms of rec programs than other, say, Big Ten schools. Is that, is it, or, or do you think yeah. most colleges? Well, uh, I, you know, it's it's hard to quantify in terms of the quality. I know that in terms of size, they have been working to build a, um, a facility that is able to satisfy the needs of the uh, students that are enrolled, as well as the staff and faculty. Um, I would, uh, I would be able to speak more to the outdoor program just because, um, I'm more intimately familiar with that. And, um, that is definitely, a, a leader in the industry. Um, and, uh, they set a, a high benchmark in terms of getting students involved in outdoor activities, taking them out to the Boundary Waters, to the Porkies in Upper Michigan, um, going for... Uh, larger international trips like to Scotland or to Iceland. Um, they've done a ton of Grand Canyon trips. Um, and 
you know, outdoor adventure and getting outside and um, healthy activity is one of the best ways to improve overall quality of life. Agreed. <clears throat> what year did you work uh, at the rec center at the University of Minnesota? I worked there uh, 2006 to 2007. Mm -hmm. And um, this was before the remodel of the facility? This was before the remodel. Yeah, the remodel happened, I think, in the last few years. Mm -hmm. So what was the sauna like before remodel? Was it used often? Was it, it was a pretty decent sauna? It or? was used rather frequently. Um, it, was all, um, it was all tiled, um, so it wasn't a, you know, traditional wood sauna, mm -hmm. um, but they had two rooms side by side, one that was a dry sauna, one that was a wet steam room. Um, they both could probably fit somewhere around, I'd say, 20 comfortably, um, but there was never more than about eight to 10 people in there. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And you took saunas quite regularly at the rec center? I took steams mm -hmm. regularly. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't I didn't enjoy the dry heat in the tile room. I felt like I was just getting seared yeah. without any, I mean, the dry heat for some reason, and maybe you can speak to this, but when you're surrounded by wood, there's there's something with the way in which that dry heat permeates your system that's different than mm. if you're in a tiled room. Yeah, yeah, more more soft uh, with wood and more reflective and harsh maybe with the, with the stone or yeah. the tile. Yeah. yeah, no, that's it. I didn't realize that you had had that experience with the outdoor program. You know, a sauna and outdoor are like uh, peanut butter and jelly. I mean, there, yeah. there's such a, um, an overlap and a complement to uh, outdoor activities and sauna. Uh, do you notice that? Can you speak to that? Well, I, I mean, it's, it seems obvious that uh, saunas are going to be far more prevalent uh, in an outdoor environment just because most people aren't going to have their saunas inside their homes. I mean, sure, with modern um, shower rooms, um, these full enclosed sauna environments, it's possible, but more often than not, these are kind of outhouses or adjacent to your home. So it, it draws you outside, and people that uh, seem to appreciate what saunas can provide um, see the benefits of having to deal with the... the the external conditions, um, whether it's warm and comfortable once you get out of the sauna, or if it's freezing cold, mm -hmm. um, th there's just something gratifying yeah. to that experience. Right on, man. Right on. And a lot of the, well, <clears throat> I'd have to say virtually every authentic sauna enthusiast appreciates the cool down in nature, in an in environment outdoors. Yeah. And I think that that could be part of the complement of nature and sauna. And you know, quite frankly, another one is uh, many people who enjoy sauna seem to do enjoy, uh, you know, uh, uh, physical activities and outside physical activities, be it running, biking, right, uh, sports of all types. Well, and from from my perspective, so I've lived in Minneapolis now for the most part since 1998. I've had a couple stints living elsewhere, but I've basically been here, and. Um, I, I try to maintain a pretty active lifestyle, and up until recently, um, saunas, urban sauna experiences just didn't really hit the radar. Um, and you know, I had started hearing about uh, JP's Sauna Society um, by way of having mutual friends, um, but even with knowing about it, it wasn't quite enough of a draw for me to actually seek it out. Um, 
And in hindsight now, of course, I think that's, that's absurd. I should have been doing that all along. And I missed out on a great winter season to really be able to enjoy that properly. And I actually, um, I really tried to enjoy the winter as much as possible this year and really took the, um, the Nordic mindset of there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Nice. Um, so that, you know, saunas would have fit into that perfectly. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that there's still, um, there's, there's a, a huge lack of knowledge and understanding when it comes to saunas amongst the general public and, um, people not actively seeking it out because they are quote unquote too busy. Um, or, you know, it seems like something that wouldn't really appeal to them, or maybe they're not comfortable with being in such a small, confined space with other people that are basically naked. Um, there, there's a host of reasons that I can see getting in the way, and, you know, I'm, I'm a far more Eurocentric person, uh, having grown up over there. Um, where did you, where did you grow up? I grew up in Germany. Okay, whereabouts? Uh, in, in the north, in Hamburg. Oh, sure. <clears throat> a lot of saunas up in northern Germany. I mean, it, it trickled down from Scandinavia. Uh, you would probably know better than I do. Um, I have no recollection of having any sauna experiences up there. Yeah. Well, how um, old were you when you lived in Hamburg? I was born there, and I lived there until I was 14. Right. I moved here. Okay. So my parents are originally from the States, mm -hmm. and they had moved over there um, five or six years prior to my being born. What brought them to Hamburg? Um... My uh, parents worked for a classical record company there called Deutsche Grammophon. Mm. Um, and my parents were really, the classical music was their thing, still is to this day. My dad still works freelance doing the same work remotely here in Minneapolis. Um, but it was, um, it, was, it was interesting being, you know, at the time it was my normal and it wasn't until after I moved back to the U.S., or I should say moved to the U.S., that I started to recognize the value of having that international experience um, and absorbing a, a cultural mindset that you really don't get over here. Um, and uh, I've been fortunate to um, get, get in line with, um, not get in line, uh, just fall into some really great uh, groups of friends um, who have similar mindsets, whether through having similar international backgrounds or just having a really fantastic upbringing here. Um, and I think that uh, people will be quick to uh, people will be quick to say that you know that you can't expect to have somebody from the sticks in Minnesota have the same kind of cultural upbringing and. Um, I've seen firsthand that that's not at all the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is some universality toward toward <clears throat> you, you know like the the human condition, the human uh, you know what the human values maybe you know I mean if if uh, I don't think you and I would be sitting on the sauna bench if you and I didn't share um, formidable time in Europe. Uh, there was a formidable time for me traveling around Europe where I initially became exposed to the authentic. You know, sauna experience, and and it and it changed my life. You know, I I traveled, I worked over there, I developed what what you call this um, maybe this European sensitivity or mindset, and uh, here we are sitting on the bench with that with that commonality. And I I hadn't known that you grew up in Germany. Yeah, yeah. 
And then, I think that it's really, it's, it's um, a wonderful testament to um, how, how our worlds are colliding in uh, more and more. Uh, you have people who come from a, a far more simple, far more rural background, um, and yet they are still able to find in themselves a lot of the, the sensitivity and the, the nuance uh, that comes from seeing the rest of the world mm. and from having this worldly exposure. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so you mentioned <coughs> an example of someone who comes from a, a rural area, say in rural Minnesota and whatever. Are, are you proposing then that someone that may have come from a small town in Minnesota and maybe have never traveled to Europe or, or overseas extensively could could still um, have a lot of the same sentiments that, that you have? I think they embody a lot of what uh, what people associate with the positive aspects of the mindset that you find predominantly in Europe. Um, it, they may not necessarily be able to verbalize it or mm -hmm. to recognize it as explicitly that. Um, but it's it's all about it's all about intuition. Um, it's all about um, you have to be wanting to find that. Um, if you if you grow up in a closed-minded environment and you uh, enjoy the comfort of not having to break out of that mold and not having to um, to test the limits of your your internal uh, structure, then um, you know there's there's plenty of people that do that. But mm. I think that underneath all of us is something really special, and it's a matter of nurturing that. Um, and travel can do that. I think travel is one of the greatest educational experiences you could possibly have. Um, I, Why? Um, going outside of what's familiar to you, seeing how other people live um, allows you to gain perspective on you know, how, how well you had it or how bad you had it, relatively speaking. Um, yep. And um, it's, it just expands your horizons in a way that allows you to, um, to have a greater context of what it means to be a world citizen um, and it's easy for um, especially in the US um, you know all of our media all of our culture it permeates most other countries um, and rarely does it happen the other way around um, and so it's very easy to except get caught in that except cheese except cheese you're right <laughs> maybe a few more things people a sauna okay yeah. No, but, but I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't mean to make fun limited. of it. No, but, yeah. you know, the, the, <laughs> I these totally are very agree. small worlds, but you think about, like, reality TV and how people are soaked into that and yeah, um, media. But media. Can, I, can I add one more yeah, uh, in terms of travel? <clears throat> is You're absolutely right. It's a, it's a window to the world where it's not about me. It's about others and how they live and stuff. But, boy, what a great experience to find out who you are and develop um, your, within your own self. Uh, and the easy word that comes to mind is resourcefulness. Uh, 
just getting around, you yep. know, like, and you, sure, you could get dropped off in Des Moines, Iowa right now and probably get along just fine. Yep. But try to get dropped off in Dusseldorf and uh, fart around there and maybe not yep. even have any German marks or the Euro or whatever's happening there now. Yep. <clears throat> this is what develops character within oneself. Well, and not only character, um, uh, uh, and this reminds me of another element of what I was going to get to, and that is um, as, as a part of this insular environment that... Uh, we are so privy to in the U.S. Um, you also get closed off from spending time on your own. There are so many distractions. You can have your phone on you at all times with internet beaming stuff into your face. Um, you can be watching TV at any moment that you might have a bit of downtime. Mm, um, people good. are far less uh, keen to just stop and to pause and to be quiet and to be reflective um, because they're scared of what they might discover inside of themselves um, and they know that there are tons of demons waiting for them there um, and it's always easier to avoid having those internal conversations and to sideline those and keep pushing them further down the line um, when you travel um, especially when you travel on your own but this can just as easily happen when you're with you know a handful of other people that you consider close um, you are forced into a situation where you can't be comfortable. Uh, you can't be reliant on the, the simple pleasures that will distract you from everyday life. Instead, you are forced into, I guess, stressful positions, mm -hmm. but stress in a positive way. That's right. It really, it, it, it engages your system completely. Right on. Um, well done. So. Yeah. Hey, let's switch gears. Do you mind? Absolutely. <clears throat> um. I want to corner you here. Uh, I know a lot of people. How old are you, Justin? I'm 32. 32. Okay. I actually know a bunch of people your age, and I feel honored to. And would you be called a millennial? I mean, is that your? Uh, I suppose. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm not Let's go with this. Those, <laughs> I don't either. Generally, too much. but but here's what I'm finding as it relates to sauna, you know, particularly and lifestyle generally. Folks your age. I'm I'm uh, 20 years older than. Okay, so I got a bit of a perspective about, you know, you run, you live in your day, okay? Um, people call them millennials, you know, upper 20s, low 30s, folks your age. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever sensed more health and wellness awareness in any generation at any time. I'm not going to, you know, try to pinpoint why it exists. Uh, you know, maybe it's the internet, the ease of find information whatever maybe maybe it's a counteraction against so much stress like what you say I mean everyone's tethered to their smartphone and this and that but I have to give your generation the Millennials a lot of credit for really grasping on to health and wellness now that said I know a lot of people your age you to me and forgive me for putting you on, on the spot but you are like a poster child from for health and wellness in terms of diet lifestyle mindset and here you are sitting on a sauna bench. So there's a question in here, and it has to do with what came first? Your mindset of health and wellness, or did sauna just find you and you extracted the health and wellness that you find in sauna? Which um, came first? The mindset definitely came first. I mean, I would consider myself to be actively seeking out sauna for no more than, what, the last month? effectively since we met mm -hmm. um, over at JP's place um, and I think that it wasn't that I didn't see the value um, 
but I just hadn't I hadn't realized that there was this kind of a culture around it, that there was this kind of a community, that there was this kind of an experience that was available. Um, I wasn't interested in just going and getting a subscription to a gym that had a sauna just for the sake of going and doing a sauna. Like it needed to be something that spoke to me in this way. A little deeper than just a stove and a room? Yeah, I think that, you know, this is... When you find the right people to sit down with and free yourself of external distractions, um, you begin to have conversations that open up really important dialogue um, and that allow you to um, to send a lot of what's inside out and to to recognize that you have somebody that you know it's it's sort of like a a very cheap therapist okay. in a way. So to, in, to interject then, <clears throat> the health and wellness to sauna, the first thing you didn't say is physical. The first thing you did say is psychological, sociological, mental, I don't I'd know. say from, from where I'm coming from, I, I definitely see the physical value. Um, that's a given for you. That's a given for me. I think that um, what speaks to me more so than anything, and this may just be because of the sequence of events in my own personal life that have unfolded in terms of um, you know most recently uncovering some of the incredible positive opportunities that are available to an individual when they seek out quiet when they seek out solitude when they reflect when they pay attention to what's happening inside um, when they stop uh, when they stop allowing for any whim or fancy or desire to be fulfilled on a moment's notice because we are absolutely mm -hmm. living in an age where anything you can possibly think of can be at your door within a couple hours thanks to Amazon click of a button. thanks to you know th this is this is the the ultimate issue with self gratification is that we now have limitless access that kind of gratification in ways that we didn't previously have and maybe that's something that you can speak to having mm. lived through that more so than I did I yeah I was first exposed to the internet when I was like 10 so mm. it really felt like a natural part mm. of my upbringing yeah <clears throat> I'm not sure if it was on a podcast recently uh, or a friend mentioned yeah Danny Sibelman who has been on this podcast uh, had a great observation he's a little bit older than you Justin late 30s 40 uh, he mentioned something about us are you know older than you we have lived uh, and have had the good fortune to have grown up without the internet. You know, you at 10 probably know little else than being able to access the internet for information. I'm still, I'm still aware enough of what life was like before the internet to recognize how, how much of a double-edged sword it is. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And again, to compliment your generation, you guys are hooked to the hip with it. But I see a lot of people that have a perspective. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I'm going to do a cold shower. Yeah, I agree. This show is brought to you by Sun Country Airlines. Sun Country is staffed by cheerful humans. And wherever Sun Country flies, they are competitive and keep the airfare honest. So whether I'm checking out Temescal in Tulum or the Archimedes Banya in San Francisco, Sun Country Airlines is the first and last place I go for decent air travel.
So this is a special sauna session on a couple levels, Justin. We got uh, we got uh, we got the double rinse, and uh, it's it's a quite warm day here. I'm just pulling the coal forward sure. on the Kuma stove, which is a wonderful technique. Anyone listening has a Kuma stove. Daryl Lamp was big on pulling the coals forward, and what that does is the Kuma stove burns from front to back, and by, yeah, and by pulling the coals forward, hear it clicking away? Yeah. Hear that? That's a lot of heat in there. So I pull the coals forward, and I'm just tossing one small little log on there that's going to carry us through. So I mentioned this is a special sauna on a couple levels. The first one is uh, Jess and I both did what we call the double rinse. It's pretty warm outside and uh, you know you leave the hot room and we got this beautiful shower outside that draws you know from the garden hose the Minneapolis city water which is nice and cool isn't it some of the best water around yeah yeah and you hit that really hard yeah. we sat outside and shot the breeze talked a little bit outside and then uh, before coming in the hot room we hit the shower again yeah yeah so that's one and then the other thing is I made a Vita yeah, I've seen that. And this is, uh, you know, Russian's called Venik. And what, what we have here in this bucket, it's it's just soaking in a bucket, a five-gallon bucket here. Um, and it's birch, uh, new new outcroppings of birch. Excellent. And, uh, and so we can, I can hit the shit out of you here in a few minutes if you want to yeah. experience that or hit it, hit yourself or whatever. It's, it's kind of funny. I figured, you know, I never grew up with that stuff. But right. I figured... Hey, in Europe, people have been doing that, and uh, Russia, and Scandinavia, and the Baltics, and stuff. They've been doing that stuff for shit. I don't know, many, many generations. So what? What is the? What is the benefit of doing this? Yeah, what I've, it I've does, seen plenty of it, but I've never sure, really understood. Sure, it. the Russians are really big in it. You go into a banya and stuff, and they have actual guys that'll that'll perform like a like a whole venic. Uh, rub down or, or beat I, I don't even i'm sure many folks that are listening understand it better than i do i'm not a russian but i've experienced it and it's really cool so that you just basically whack whack your body top to bottom start to finish front and back boom boom it stimulates uh, blood flow okay right? it helps secrete your excrete like all the bad stuff toxins out of your skin yeah. and pores and stuff and it feels really nice because in the in the birch um, leaves and stuff is a is a beautiful essence uh, oils like natural oils yeah so good for your skin so those that uh, are listening this is a beautiful time of year spring uh, you know when all the fresh growth is on the the birch um, uh, trees and stuff and you just clip some branches maybe what about 18 inches long tie them together a little twine kind of deal. Uh, you know, in the old country, they'll, they'll tie it with the branch itself, and uh, no, more, no more real science to it than that. I Justin. spent a, a bit of time in Iceland uh, just after New Year's, and they have a, a birch-infused schnapps. Nice. And uh, we've been seeing some cool opportunities to utilize birch here locally and... Um, just yet another application there you go so i want to ask you a question <clears throat> we're going to kind of wrap up here a little bit um, for the listener and uh, appreciate justin your um joining in here on sauna talk on this beautiful minneapolis day yeah um i think one of the area one of the things i'd like for you to speak on if you're comfortable is just talk about i mean you didn't you like myself you didn't grow up with sauna 
Right. Right. Okay. Sauna is speaking to you like deeply. Yeah. Uh, for those listening, you know, maybe that are fairly new to sauna or have friends that they want to get into sauna, like, uh, uh, can you offer like, like a pathway or a guide or some sort of insight, um, you know, sauna 101 to help well, um, more I'm, folks get into what we enjoy? I feel like my experience is somewhat of an, uh, an exception to the rule in that it just happened very organically, um, having... Uh, John Peterson's brother Ben in town visiting and me wanting to get a chance to see him while he was here. Um, him saying, hey, come over to uh, John's place. Uh, we'll have a sauna going. And it just kind of naturally fed into the experience that we're having now. Um, because basically from as soon as I stepped into the sauna and we started being able to converse, it was like, yeah, you know, this is somebody that I jive with. And I think that that's a huge part of it, is, is finding the, the community that speaks to you and um, being, being open to uh, new experiences. Um, but that's, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone. And uh, for a lot of people, that's difficult to, mm -hmm. to do. I think that um, what we have here in the Twin Cities... Um, <laughs> With John and his sauna society, I think that is going to be a huge boost. Um, Agreed. I think that uh, it's just the beginning. Yeah. I think what a the, special guy. The way in which he has brought um, sauna to the community as a whole um, and making something that is seemingly inaccessible to an urban society become far more accessible, yeah. I think is going to be really incredible. Yeah. Um, we're, we're at a tipping point. I, w I would agree, but it, it takes some it takes someone like that. It, it takes does, somebody that really that cares about it, that wants to see this happen, and then goes out and executes it. Um, Agreed. And uh, so I think that you know, for anybody that feels like they um, haven't found the right opportunity or they're uncomfortable with some of the concepts behind it, um, you know, it's it's very similar to any other. I think about the number of people that I've tried to convince to go to a yoga class, and I remember the first time I went to a yoga class, it was very, <coughs> as far out of my comfort zone as I really wanted to be, and um, I had no experience, I didn't know what to do, I didn't know how I was supposed to show up, what I was right, what you're wearing, you know, like, so, do you talk to people? Do you, you know, not? and it's, it's one of the beautiful things about the internet is that if you're interested in something and you want to be more comfortable before you go into it, go look online. And uh, there's, there's going to be tons of resources out there that are going to help you to get a better feel for it so that when you show up, you don't feel completely out of sorts. So you're speaking about sauna <clears throat> in a public or semi-public environment, i.e. the JP612 Sauna Society. And for those not familiar, uh, real quick... Um, John Pedersen, great guy. I helped him build his mobile sauna. He contacted me out of the blue. He's your age, Justin, low mm -hmm. thir early 30s. He's built a community here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where people can go. Um, it's a mobile sauna uh, built by Molly and Andrea, <clears throat> the little box. She's been using that as, as the mobile sauna to bring around a couple uh, like brew pubs, uh, downtown, um, dockside at Lake Como, uh, just the budding of some wonderful things, thanks to John Peterson and the 612 Sauna Society and uh, 
That's what that's what Justin's talking about. But you are speaking about sauna in that realm. Okay, there is another realm, and what's interesting is I had a mobile sauna when I was JP, yeah, a little older than JP. I, I tried to pioneer. There wasn't Facebook, there wasn't this social media stuff right. going on. That was a one-man band, and so that was kind of like a direction that I was going down. Yep. But then I, I took kind of a different turn. My turn, generally speaking, not specifically, but generally speaking, is like the health and wellness backyard retreat. Yeah. And what I've created right where we're sitting right now is a replication of uh, my island cabin sauna. Yep. Okay. And the whole idea is in a small area in your backyard, you can carve out your own health and wellness sauna chill out zone and that's what I do I walk out my back door whether it's snowing like crazy or rainy or you know all seasons and uh, fire up the sauna and uh, I get away from the house and it feels like I've been up north yeah but it's in a two three hours and I get to hang out with someone like you Justin. I mean come on question how cool is that on average how many times a week are you firing up the sauna three times okay yeah yeah, yeah. I've just I've been I've been curious about um, that's just me you know how much how much is the right amount. JP will sauna every day, I think. I mean, he's a nut. He's, you know, he's, and that's all good. It's whatever you want. And he likes morning saunas. I tell you, this is a great sauna time for me. 7 p.m., you know? Yeah. That's a great sauna. The second best sauna time, arguably even better sometimes, is 4, 4.30, especially on a Friday afternoon. Right. That's you what talk we did about last Friday. That, that just hit the spot like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, man. It sets the tone for the weekend, doesn't it? Yep. So we're hitting a little Vita. Okay, I'm going to ask you some rapid-fire questions, Justin, over the, the sound of the Vita. So knowing what you know about sauna, which is w remarkably wonderful, like if you could have a kick-ass mobile sauna and bring it anywhere in the world, where would you go? Oh, man. I would probably... One of the first places that comes to mind is... Um, Canyonlands in Utah, the Moab area in the yeah. winter. Okay. Um, it's considered the off season in terms of tourism, so there's nobody out there. Yeah. Um, you get to see some of the most incredible areas that you wouldn't otherwise get to see. Um, and to be able to warm up amongst all of that dry, beautiful, um, stunning landscape. Um, without a single other person around, I think would be really cool. And what's the name of the area in Utah? Well, the, the big town that kind of surrounds that, where all of these different national parks are around, is Moab. And M -O -M -O that's where... M-O-A-B. I'll try to put a link in the show notes. Um, it's where Arches National Park is. It's where Canyonlands National Park is at. There's a ton of incredibly stunning beauty. And for people that haven't traveled much beyond the Midwest, um, you, you have to go there. Sounds it great. Is, a huge, it's a, a national monument beyond the term national monument. And spell it again. The town is M-O-A-B, Moab. Moab, Utah. <clears throat> so um, if, as you think about your entire sauna routine, from dreaming about taking a sauna, you know, uh, uh, all the way through the process until after you towel off, you know, go home, you know, maybe even lying in bed kind of thing. What specific part of that process, the sauna process, do you enjoy most and why? I think the the reinvigorating feeling that it creates when you do it, especially in an environment like this, I feel like you've got um, you've got a good handle on 
getting kind of that threshold heat where it's really pushing your limits throughout. Um, and when, when through the sauna process do you feel that? Um, I feel that uh, most notably just after starting the second session. Yeah. But I definitely think that that, that double shower in the intermission, that really, that's where it all of a sudden starts to hit you. It's like yeah. it's all soaking in finally. Right now, I often say that's where magic happens. Yeah. Is in the cool Yeah, room. I believe that. Question. So if you could arrange a sauna session with one other person, anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would you choose? I hate these questions. Okay. <laughs> we, let's, let's no, it's, I mean, it's a good challenge. It's just I don't think about these enough. Okay, um, no worries. Let's, I let's think that uh, let, let, give me a second to see sure. if I can come Should up. Should I go something. on or just um, lay low? No, let's let's lay low here for a second. Okay. Um, you know, I um, I think that my um, the person that comes to mind is my paternal grandfather. Um, he was someone I never got to meet, unfortunately. Um, but he. Uh, clearly had a huge impact on my dad, and um, I've always wished to have had the opportunity to have had a chance to experience what what sunk through from my grandfather to my father, and how that applies to the intuition that I have been mm. so fortunate to receive from my upbringing. Nice. And um, he seems like, you know, based upon pictures I've seen, he seems like somebody that would actually really enjoy getting into a sauna and having some kind of more in-depth conversation. So knowing what you know about sauna, <clears throat> the authentic sauna, the, the, the feel, like what do you think about sauna is misunderstood or, or um, you know, that, that you would like to share, like say, you know, the people that are maybe not into sauna or haven't experienced, what, what do you think something's misunderstood about sauna? Um, I don't necessarily think that it's something that's being misunderstood. I think that it's more that it's something that is unfamiliar, and if given the chance to have sauna become more familiar, all of a sudden it will click for most people. Mm. Some, for some people, it just yeah. won't ever make sense, and that's so, fine. So you feel that there's not something that is misunderstood. It's just it's not uh, is that you know that we need to have others experience this. Yeah, nice. I think I, I think that it's just a matter of. Um, like anything in this world, um, there can be things that are really health, uh, healthy and beneficial that people will forget to pay attention to, um, and let it, it pass them by. And it takes a critical mass of other folks in this world actually taking it upon themselves to spread that positive message. Like you reference yoga early, right? Any other examples? How about how about fat tire bikes? Getting outside. <laughs> well, fat tire bikes. I'm just kidding. Don't, don't even get started. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but at yeah. outdoor experiences in general, I right think on. is what's massively yeah. lacking. Thanks, Justin, for coming to Sauna Talk. You gotta cool down, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for all the listeners too.